0: You're listening to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I am your host, Mark. Today, my guest is Chuck Wright. We hit the ground running talking about his new album, Chuck Wright's Sheltering Sky. It's an impressive piece of work with about 41 different guest musicians on it. It also contains a wide variety of styles and genres reflecting Chuck's own musical career. And he reveals some very strange coincidences with this album. He admits that this album is 100% a result of being in lockdowns. Then we get into Chuck's history, like how getting a bass guitar changed his career trajectory from the military to music. Talks about his favorite bass players and what they all have in common, and how he started playing with Quiet Riot at a very important juncture in music history. Chuck is really proud of this new album, and he should be, but he's already working on his next project and some new bands. He's got a field of dreams attitude towards touring for Sheltering Sky, he says if they want it, he will come. But between new music and the ultimate jam night residency at the Whiskey A Go-Go, he doesn't have a lot of free time. So pick up the new album anywhere, Chuck Wright's Sheltering Sky, like at chuckwright.com, where you'll also find his social media links. Follow us at Performance Anx on Twitter and Instagram. Support the show with a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or with merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. Let's get this episode started with Chuck Wright on performance anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network.
1: Man, and I'm on performance anxiety, and I but I don't have anxiety about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Here Anytime. Hey, everybody. This is Chuck Wright. You might know me from Quiet Ride, Alice Cooper, House of Flores, Jeffree, and many others. I have a new album out called Chuck Wright Sheltering Sky, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety, but I don't have any. Got it. You're Mark. Yes, I am. Hi, Mark. Chuck here. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Now, tell me about this uh, this name, performance anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) You got well. It's
0: that was kind of the original idea for like a through line, and it just really never happened.
1: Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) there's a pill. There's a pill for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for rock and roll there isn't i mean (laughs) if you've got performance anxiety i know a lot of guys that are really uh great on stage but they're so shy off stage you know it's it's crazy
0: yeah i've heard that cooper's like that
1: actually um wow he's not yeah when i was touring with him he's he's real quiet one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet but when he gets on on uh stage he's completely turns into somebody else
0: that's amazing i love see i love hearing stuff like that
1: um well we can talk about all that let's you know yeah i don't know how much time you wanted to do but um i'm well, good
0: so you've got this new album out and i just punched my microphone so that's a great okay. start to things um, <laughs> all right <laughs> so what blows me away about this album is like we were just talking about you've it's what 11 tracks and you have 41 people on it
1: Yeah, I know, Um, you know, I never planned on doing a solo album. I just, the pandemic hit and I just sat down and started writing music from what I was feeling and I'm looking around at the world and it feels post-apocalyptic. Yeah. You know, empty, empty, like nobody's in New York City, for instance, right? So I wrote my first piece, which was called Weight of Silence, and um, I did it all myself. video with drone footage of the, you know, empty like Rome and all these major metropolises without anybody in it and uh, put that out myself. And then um, Troy Lachetta from, from Tesla reached out to me and said, Hey, I really dig your track. It was how good with drums on it. And I never thought about it. I go, okay, you have a studio, put them on and film yourself. (laughs) And he did. And at the same time, a guitar player here in town named Alan Hines who I love is a a top uh, jazz fusion guy loved it too. And he sent some solo work and I added that together and it was really building into something. And I asked him to film himself and then Derek Sherinian did stuff, who you know, from dream theater and, yeah. and, um, his solo work and, uh, and other bands he's involved in, he did some Mellotron and synthesizer. So it built into something else. And uh, I put that out and three days before my album was released, I found out that I won best instrumental and best video for that piece. Um, uh, the rock music Alliance awards. And I was, it was awarded by, um, Tony cave from, uh, yes. So I actually know Tony, but uh, I didn't know about the award. I didn't know it was even nominated anyway. I just, <laughs> I was sitting here, sitting here, just, uh, writing music that I like things I want to hear, you know, different styles. I mean, on the record, I have, I have jazz fusion. I have progress prog, prog uh, yeah. elements. Um, I have, um, industrial rock. You know, in two serious funk tunes, Uh, one person compared my new single, which is called Throwing Stones, uh, one reviewer compared it to, uh, they said Primus meets Stevie Wonder. That is so so dead on. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of trippy. I didn't think of it either that way until he said it. Actually, we could talk about the video in a little bit about that, but, um, and there's also like a full on Celtic piece on there yeah. that it, it could be in Braveheart. And then I have a, a like Robert Plant, Alison Krauss, folky kind of song on there called Cradle of the Sun. Um, you know, so it, it's a full spectrum. Yeah. It's kind of like a concept album. If you sit and listen from top to bottom, um, it's a definitely a headphone album. There's a lot of things going on. Oh, for um, sure. Some of the songs were co-produced by my friend Tim Jansons, who's an award-winning film composer. So, oh, nice. he had a lot of ideas for things to put in. He's a keyboard player too. Um, he's also an amazing cinematographer and editor, as you will see if you see my videos. Yeah, uh, he's uh, my secret weapon. I call him, but <laughs> but uh, he helped me out on a few songs, and uh, and it's it's deep. You know, I'm glad you. I'm glad you had it. check it out.
0: Oh, I, I actually I've been listening to it constantly for days now.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and awesome.
0: There's one thing that really oh. intrigues me about this album. Well, there's a, there's a lot, but there's one thing that stands out to me that, that I wanted to ask you about in particular. It's the sequencing of the album. Ah, uh, Good question. Because it's not uh, often that an album ends with two instrumental pieces when it's not an instrumental album.
1: Well, sequencing the album was really, really tough uh, to, to come up with what felt right to me. Okay. And I decided to start with an instrumental, uh, at the weight of silence, the finished version. There's two versions of it. There's one, which is me that's more, a little bit more stripped down. And then there's one with drums and electric guitar and a lot more instrumentation. I really felt that that song set the mood for the album. It kind of felt like the way Pete Floyd was starting an album that you felt like when you start listening to it, you feel like, Ooh, I'm getting into something here instead of hammering people right over the head to something like throwing stones yeah, uh, or, or uh, it never fails, which are both pretty aggressive tunes or army of me, which army of me comes in second, but I really wanted to, to set up a mood kind of the uh, illustrated what the rest of the record was kind of like the depth of the album and, you know, tell a story. And, and I also wanted to bookend uh, the record so that it kind of started and ended the same way. So really kind of all tied it together.
0: It, you know? Yeah, it makes it all circular, which, which is amazing. I love that stuff.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, it, there was some thought went into it. But again, I, I wasn't planning on making a solo record. I, I, uh, <laughs> I just started writing songs that I wanted to hear and I reached out to different friends of mine. You know, I have a friend that's in a Pink Floyd band and I said, you know, I could really... I'd really like to hear some aggressive uh, like careful with that axe gene lap steel, yeah. you know, yeah. ramp up on it. And, and he added that to one of the songs and he also does some really nice just soloing and everything um, on some other songs.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by better help without a healthy mind. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to performance anxiety listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com/performanceanxiety. That's better h e l p.com/performanceanxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast.
1: And and that's a different color and I have a I have Steel player too and and one song um uh, it has uh, It's called See You On the other side It has Five guitar players On it God. You know <laughs> One slide guitar. And yeah, it's one guy just for the solo who's brilliant. And it's, that's just the way it all happened. I tapped into, you know, a lot of different friends. I've made a lot of new friends, musician friends uh, running ultimate jam night, which is an event that happens at the whiskey go go. It's a jam, but it's not, it's okay. the name. It's, it is because I'm putting together a lot of people that haven't played together before, Okay, but everybody knows what song they're going to play. The key is going to be in the kind the the arrangement and all that. So it's really professionally run uh thing. And I've had well over 2000 musicians come in and out of there. We started in 2015. Amazing. Yeah. We started in 2015, the whiskey when I went, ended up in ended up there a year later after starting it, uh, we switched venues. The owner told me that, uh, residencies don't work at the whiskey. <laughs> I'll give you a couple of weeks and we've been there since. So, you know, many years later, That's awesome. we're still plugging away. What's every other Tuesday now? Cause I just can't handle organizing it every week anymore. Okay. And Paulie nice. Z it was, My MC was doing a lot of the organizing the show for uh, a couple of years in there. But anyway, that leads me to why there's a lot of musicians on here, just Mm -hmm. because I have a lot of friends. And you know what? I said, hey, check this out. What do you think? And they all want to do it. You know, it's it's more because they dig the music. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. It is so
0: good. And and I've discovered some people that I wasn't aware of before, like Whitney Ty and August Young.
1: Right, Whitney. Um, she happened when I just dis- when I did Army of Me. And Army of Me happened because I found a track that I'd recorded with my late friend Pat Torpey from Mr. Big yeah. and Lanny Cordola. It was just guitars, bass, and drums. It wasn't finished. And there's two other songs on my album. They weren't finished songs, but they're kick-ass and great. Yeah. And I just didn't want them to disappear into the ethos, you know. And <laughs> I wanted I wanted to honor honor Pat. He's such a one of my best friends and and. Uh, his playing on his superb, so why let it just disappear, right? So right. I finished that, but I needed the right voice for Army of Me, and um, I thought about it, and I was aware of Whitney, she sang um, at Ultimate Jam Night, and I was aware of her solo stuff, and so I called her up and talked to her about it, and she goes, I'm a huge Bjork fan, I'd love to give it a shot, so, and she killed it. It's amazing. in the video too for the song. And so I was working on another song called time waits for no one. I had all the music together and I kind of had an idea for the chorus. And I went, I went to go, Hey, do you want to finish writing the song with me? And she goes, great. Yeah. I'd love to, you know, and she killed it. And I, I have another song called giving up the ghost that I've had inside of me for a very long time. You know, when you pick up a guitar and you just kind of tool around on something that, and there's always this one song you go back to. Right. Yeah. Finally, finally, I got this song out. And um, her voice is perfect for that as well. Oh. So she's on three tracks. August Young, the story about him is when I did the song, um, Others, The Other Side, I got a phone call that I was kind of expecting, uh, but at the same time, it just still hit you hard about Frankie Benelli passing away. Right, And it just brought all those feelings up, you know, losing my mom and other best friends of mine and Kevin and and, and, Kevin Debro and and other people. Um, So I just picked up my 12 string and just wrote that song top to bottom in one sitting, including the crazy bridge and the chorus idea for it. See you on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then I I wanted to finish the verses. So I contacted August because he he was close to Frankie and just finished working with him kind of recently with this uh, Zeppelin band that Frankie was doing called Mr. Jimmy. And it kind of had a Zeppelin feel to it, I thought. Yeah. In fact, uh when I first came up with the the changes, I was thinking in the, of the bridge section in Four Sticks by Zeppelin. Oh, kinda yeah. has that six eight orchestrated feel. So I thought, now oh, you know what, I should maybe that kind of voice would be right for this. And he just he we worked on the verse lyrics and came up with he came up with some really great verse ideas and that's how he came about. And then um when I did uh, Cradle of the Sun, I um contacted him because it kinda had a Robert Plant, Allison Krauss vibe, like I was telling you earlier. For sure. And, and he wrote um, some great ideas for the, um, for the verse on that. And I had the chorus idea. It just came to me. This thing, uh, the chorus is very gospely. I added a lot of voices. It's uh, Lorelei, the name Lorelei came into my head. I don't even know why. And then somebody heard the finished track. They go, you know what, Lorelei, I can't believe you used that. That's like that's like mythology from Germany. I go, what are you talking about? I had no idea. <laughs> so I looked it up on Wikipedia. Sure enough, the the name Lorelei is is this mermaid that used to sit on the cliffs and in, in, um, on the Rhine and would draw ships into crash. Oh wow! And I in the that. song, I'm going, and in the song, the lurk is Lorelei. Do you hear me call him? Yeah, that's it's like a reverse. Yeah, I know. It freaked me out. there there's a few of those examples on this record where things just kind of uh, stars aligned. And one of them is on my new single throwing stones, the lyric and vocal melody uh, was written by Joe Retta, who you might know from the sweet trans-Iberian orchestra, Dio disciples. Right. Yeah. We were, I know him really well from working with, uh, in the band, heaven earth together on that album dig. And he can sing anything. He can sing like Dio, or he can sing like CD wonder. Hence the, the person saying it sounds like primus CD wonder. Right. So he, I sent him the track before the end of the year, and, um, it took him a while. He was going through some heavy things, which I can't get into now, but curious, heavy life things. And, um, he wrote the lyrics and it sent me and, and it's an anti-war message. Uh, and here we are in a, you know, you know, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Right. And, and, uh, it, it's perfect. So when I was thinking about a second video, second single, I thought it would be a good timing to do that song because of the message mm-hmm. and because of the energy of the song and his vocal on the song and because I get to show off some bass chops in it. Yeah, <laughs> so you know it is my solo record, right? right? Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so you'll see that illustrated a little bit in the video, but there's some like more footage, but it's done kind of subtly on TV screens. Um, it's not in your face, and Joe couldn't be here, so you'll see him on TV screens. Right, he was okay. in Reno couldn't be here for the video and i really wanted to get the video done that's why you'll see him there
0: and you mentioned the uh the celtic influence that the the cover of the youngblood's darkness darkness which is so good
1: So you know what that song is something since I was a kid I wanted I saw them when I was 15 I think Oh wow um, they were they were opening for Lee Michaels oh, But that's cool. a song yeah that's a song I always loved and it's another one where you pick up the guitar you always tend to go to something mm-hmm. and that's a song I always would tend, tend to go to and on the album I play an acoustic guitar on most everything or some kind of guitar and um that's a song I always wanted to do but I really wanted to do it celtic style full on so you've got, I've got three different drummers playing tribal toms and I had them overdub them. I go, just play this part like eight times <laughs> <laughs> you know? and each one of them did. So I have like, you know, so many drum tracks of doing that part. And then I'm in, a, I have an acoustic band that I've had for 10 years here in town called Acoustic Saints. And we reinterpret classic rock with violin. And, and uh, acoustic guitars. I play fretless bass. And he plays mandolin. And, oh, and nice. he also plays amazing lead guitar player, too. We do Eric Johnson on acoustic. So oh, he's wow. great. Yeah, he's quite the fine.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. But I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot. And love them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet and help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com.
1: But I contacted him and I said, hey, do you want to do some fiddle on this this thing? I want it to be really Celtic-like. So he did, and I did, I added a jig at the end of it. So it's that me- right. medium-tempo you know marching kind of vibe to it, and then it just kicks ass at the end. I love it. Um, he shredded on it. So.
0: I've heard of so many different covers of that song. And this is, I think, yeah. the most unique one I've ever heard.
1: Oh, thanks. I heard, you know, I was kind of, I heard that Robert Plant did it. And I, honestly, and I'm a big, trust me, I'm a huge Robert Plant fan. Yeah. I was a little disappointed in his take on it. So, I, you know, I didn't feel, I go, I got to do this song. I want to do it. And David Victor, who's the singer um, on the track, he was in Boston, the band Boston, for a couple years. Okay. Yeah. Just killed it. His vocal on that is fantastic. Oh so.
0: yeah, until this this it might be my favorite version up, up until that was a Screaming Trees version
1: of it. But I haven't heard that. I'm gonna go look it up. Oh, a, we get
0: awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. They they, they right. kind of make it give it a Screaming Trees vibe. So, and you know, Mark Mark Lanigan could sing anything, but
1: but yeah, and trees do scream in South America, by the way. I oh, don't know if you know that. I did not know that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a, there's this type of tree that that. I don't know how it works, but they admit a sound when the army ants are coming towards them. And at the same time, they, they release this, this oil that, that keeps the, the, the ants from getting up the tree and eating them. Oh my God. Yeah. That's where the name Screaming Trees came from. Yeah. That, it's that's amazing. Trippy, right? <laughs> yeah. The things we learn. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. So you learned something new today. There you go. Yeah, anyway. exactly.
0: So how did you come yeah. up with the name sheltering sky?
1: Well, first of all, I think that name kind of fits the music, but really it came came about because I've kind of felt like an umbrella or a sheltering sky for all these musicians that I put together weekly, you know, was weekly, but all the time and putting people together that might not have ever played together okay, um, or haven't played together in years. Like I put together Sugarfoot Moffat and Greg Wright, who was, who were, um, they both did the uh, Michael Jackson thriller tour, but they haven't played together since then. So I caught, I got a hold of them and they came out and jammed together again after all those years. So that oh, was that is awesome. You know, things like that are really fun to do. And and yeah, that's that's how. So and I take younger players and we found a guy that was on the Third Street Promenade here in Santa Monica. There was a busker, okay, named Derek Day, and plugged him. Got I him, know Derek Day. Him. I love yeah, Derek Day. So, but, so, but he, before anybody knew about him, he was a busker uh, in Santa Monica yeah. and we brought him in, started, he started meeting people, started building it up and now he's going, you know, he's with his band, Classless Act. He's going on the road. Yeah. You know, he's Floyd band here. Yeah. He's great. He's yeah. a, he's a um, great energy, great performer, great, you know, everything. So people like that, I love seeing, uh, taking younger people and putting them with pros and watching their careers grow. So in that respect, I'm I'm like the sheltering sky over people. So that's the name, and it fit, it fit the uh, uh, music, and um, actually the album cover too. Um, that was done by my my best friend. His name is Glenn Wexler.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People might know him because he's done couple van halen covers he's done kiss he's done deep purple i mean he's the best of the best in the business and um he's i've been sending him music as i was writing okay and then when it came time where i actually had a record deal and an album he he actually uh he said he he would like to do it even knowing that i'm a graphic designer myself yeah yeah you know i had 10 different ideas for the album cover and he said hey i go hey if the best wants to do it you got it yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah, and, and his concept is interesting because it's it's a vulture leaving desolation while an eclipse is ending. So it's it's like really a message of hope. Even though vulture is known as the symbol of death, it's like we're coming out of the pandemic. So it kind of fit that way. So this
0: album is really a product of the pandemic. I mean, if if it hadn't happened, yeah. do you think you would have done a solo
1: album? No, there's no way. I, I, no, I don't. I don't know about it so well, but I know I wouldn't have done this. Right? Okay. It's just because I had the time. And all those emotions and feelings were going on during this time. So a lot of that came out because of it.
0: Okay. That makes complete sense. Uh, Again, I'm just, I'm blown away by the, the, just the wide variety of sounds, people, instruments of of the, I mean, it's, it's a huge achievement. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously just kind of blown away by, just the enormity of everything, the the writing, the quality of everybody's performance. It's just, especially the people that I'm not, I wasn't familiar with beforehand. So it's
1: right. Well, I I did, you know, being that I produced the record, I was able to oversee everything and, and, you know, I would get a performance and maybe I go, Oh, this could be a little better. That could be better. These guys are all willing to, to do whatever to make it you know fit right you know or or actually on one song uh, on throwing stones I had a harmonica solo I had an organ solo and I went with a guitar solo oh wow <laughs> because the other two kind of made it sound more dated and the way Mitch Perry who, you know from Edgar Winter and The Sweet what he did I I said try to do something wah wah that's more unique and and all that okay um, yeah so. Uh, that's so that's what I mean. You you try different things until you get what, what you're looking for.
0: So how did you start playing bass in the first place? I mean, was that the first instrument that you got into?
1: Well, actually, I played a little bit of guitar. I mean, there, and when I mean a little, I mean a little, um, <laughs> I took a couple of lessons when I was a little kid. And I guess my neighborhood, uh, the guys in my neighborhood who were like 16 and 17, and I was almost 15 and I was big for my age, uh, asked me, uh, they, they said, you play guitar, right? And I said, well, kinda, and they go, do you think you could play bass? And I said, well, isn't that just four strings? That's all I knew, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and I said, well, let me ask my mom. And my mom was, was about, all about it and, and got me a bass and, and uh, I picked it up super fast. And that, that event of me learning bass changed my life because at that time, I've been in military Academy for almost nine years Wow! and was going to go to the Air Force uh, school to go to the Air Force Academy because oh, wow. I wanted to be a jet pilot. And I did my first gig with these guys and it was at a, a fraternity party. And I made, I made $75. I drank beer and the girls thought I was cute. I had a flat top. So the, the, the girls are they're like, they're, they're like petting my head. Right. Going, You're so cute, right? <laughs> So I decided to that I this is I went to my mom and I go this is what I want to do. She goes what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> after all this in time and investment, and I did. I was second in command of the battalion. You know, I was wow. excelled in that. I guess that's why I can organize ultimate jam night because I'm organized. Yeah, um, to a degree. See, it came it's, in it's handy anyway. I was a platoon leader, you know, and a company commander. So why not? You know, have like be in <laughs> command of all these musicians now. So. Anyway, anyway, so that, that's kind of how, and uh, an interesting side note, um, the very first song I ever learned was Sunshine of Your Love oh, nice. by Cream. Yeah. Right? So cut two years later, I'm on tour in Europe with Vanilla Fudge, with Carmine, mm-hmm. and um, the opening act bass player inherited millions and millions of dollars. Oh, wow. And he started, a, he started a, a music memorabilia collection, and one of the things, I went to his house to see it. One of the things he had was the bass that Jack Bruce recorded Sunshine of Your Love on. Wow. And I, and I got to play that bass. It's the first song I ever learned. Oh and my so. God. That's amazing. And I actually, that's the bass that I, I bought a bass like his, it's a Gibson EB3. Okay. And I bought the same bass was my first bass.
0: Oh man.
1: The same, the same yeah. Yeah. I have a picture of me playing it when I was like 15 or something. But oh, that yeah. is awesome. But I thought, isn't that kind of cool? That's a, one of those, What are the odds of that happening kind of thing, you know? Serendipitous. Yeah, serendipence—that's for sure. But yeah, that's how I got into it, and, wow. and I, I realized that all my favorite bass players start with the letter J, which is uh, yeah, really? it's Jack. Yeah, I—you I, know—this question's asked before, and then I realized, wait a minute. So it's Jack Bruce, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. John Entwistle from the Who. Then I got into jazz with so Jaco Pastorius and Jeff Berlin, and but at the beginning, not even knowing how much I like bass. His was Motown was James Chamberson. Ah, oh, right? yeah, yeah. And then I, then I thought about it. I go, well, wait a minute. I really liked Paul McCartney, but his first name is James. <laughs> right. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So that, that's how the J's came about. So I was going to change my name to, J, uh, to Jack, right? Instead of Chuck, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Or just Chuck with a silent J.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: So how did you get in hooked in with uh, quiet, right? Cause you've had, uh, hit, what is it,
1: 26 30s? How long have we no. been? I've been, I've played with the band off and on for 26 years. I've been in and out of it three or four times, I think, um, over my career. Um, it got, I got into it because Randy, well, there was a Randy Rose version of Quiet Riot, right? Right, which has nothing to do with the mental health version, right? right Randy, yeah. left, Randy left to go play with Ozzy, so there was no more Quiet Riot, and um, I was asked to join. Dubro which was Kevin's band, uh, using his last name, right. and we were playing around. And I had my own band at the same time. And I got into his band because my guitar player was in Dubrow as well. And then when Rudy left Dubro to go play with Ozzy, um, then that's when I joined Dubrow. And I did I did all the clubs. I I did the showcases for labels, and I did the demos that got the band signed. Um, that's why wow. you hear me. That's why you hear me on Bang Your Head and don't want to let you go. And I sing on every track. Uh, sadly, you know, tragically, Randy was killed yeah. in the plane crash, and so Rudy rejoined the band. And at the time, we all remember that time. That kind of music was not in. Who knew that it would go on to such success? Yeah, exactly. But the song, Come On, Feel the Noise, changed the fabric of uh, the music scene at the time, uh, yeah. from going from New Waves, Little Ties, The Knack, and bands like that, to to hair bands, you know? Yeah. Labels assigning every, every rat or whoever, every hair band they could find. Oh yeah. exactly. So, so pretty much that song and quite right doing that songs would change everything.
0: But what amazes me is your ability to defy expectations. I mean, you've played, so you played in, in the metal bands, but you've also played it with, uh, rap bands and with, in flamenco styles, uh,
1: Oh yeah, I was in a flamenco band for two years. Greg Alman, I worked up with him and Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I yeah, and I'm film scoring and all that. That's it's I'm all about like whatever's good stylistically. You know, I'm not locked into to one style. And that's why in doing this record I was hooking up with Cleopatra it was great because they just let me do what I want. And there's certain labels that I won't name names, but they kind of pigeonhole and cookie cutter you into a thing, you know, where yeah. you got to do this and that's all you can do. You can't go do a Celtic song. Yeah, exactly. no, oh, that's not, you can't do that. You know, but um, I, I had Free Reign. And and I think that's part of the hook of this record is that it's unexpected and it covers a lot of different genres.
0: And that's what I like about everything. And, and your. Discography is immense, so uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to go as deep as I wanted to because there's just so much. But what I really liked is the variety of styles, and and I really enjoyed how you make things your own, uh, like the War Pigs cover you did with Magdalene.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm surprised you know about that. Yeah, I know. that. Amazing. I always describe that song. I go, Im- imagine if you will, like Roger, like, imagine if you will, <laughs> Sting, Chardet, and Marvin Gaye get together to do uh, Black Sabbath war picks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know?
0: true. That's exactly what it sounds like. And an attack on military targets in Iraq and Kuwait. John's got the says. Slow, it just hot like my sex.
1: It destruction. The source of I know. And we even started off with, with famous speeches, yeah. you know, uh, Roosevelt and Hitler and everybody um, the way that it gets into the song. And those are all real instruments. It's not samples. It's a real duduk, real cello, you know, it was, and it was done on a 16 track analog. I mean, this is wow. before the computers and all that. That was a while ago, you know? Well, I like
0: you mentioned the, the uh, historical speeches, which you can say that's kind of a spoken word, that kind of reappears in army of me the bjork cover that you did oh
1: man you've got a good ear yeah yeah that's that what that was was because the song and the video was reflective of of the unrest riots and everything we were going through yeah um at the time and, and i have a friend named drew lanius who's a um an animator 3d animator we were talking about doing video for the song and I thought, you know, you know, it'd be really cool because uh, Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg just passed away. I thought it'd be kind of cool. There's still an army of her around that believe in human rights and the things that she stood for. Yeah. I go, how about if we make her the army? So so when you see the video, there's... And she's dressed like Antifa. So there's yeah. an army of Ruth Ginsburg's marching on Washington. <laughs> and then Whitney be, comes floating out of the sky and joins the march. You know, so it's kind of... <laughs> it's a trippy video. Yeah. But it, there's. A, there's footage, there's riot footage in it, and just a lot of crazy, and I, at the end, there's a, which is, talk about serendipity, here we go again, there's um, a a quick clip right near the end where you see uh, a woman has written my body, my choice on her chest. Right, yeah. You know, so, which is, right now, what's going on with the Roe Wade controversy. Right. So so it's, again, we've fallen into uh, being on target With what's going
0: on? Yeah, there's so many instances of almost premonition with this album. It's 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 really wild,
1: almost scary. It it is. It is. Premonition is the right word because that's something that's not good you know we have an anti-war song and then we get a war you know i should have written about hey i just found five million dollars yeah (laughs) that's the name of my song five million dollars let's rock
0: (laughs) that's the next album (laughs) yeah so do you have any and i know it would be tough but are there any plans to play any of the stuff live with maybe a instead of getting 41 different people for every, for the song, you know, a a pared down live band. That's the question
1: obviously comes up a lot. And, and, uh, truly to be able to create this album, like an immersive experience, I would really want it to be like Pink Floyd kind of show. And, okay. And uh, to do something like that, you know, I would need Roger Waters money. Yeah. (laughs) You You should have written
0: that $5 million song.
1: I mean, yeah. Right. And, and to have, uh, the musicians it would take to pull it off. And I'm not like into tracks, like go up there with four guys and you hear 50 guys. Right. And, I'm, and I'm really into the, into the production angle of things. So I think the music would lend itself to um, rear screen projections and that kind of thing. Oh, wow. There's the possibility of doing a stripped down version and maybe just doing songs like Throwing Stones or Army of Me mm-hmm. with less, you know, cause a lot of these songs have acoustic guitars and slide guitars and all this. And taking a few, cherry pick a few songs off the record and do some other songs from my past, maybe. Okay. That could work. But it's, again, if there's a demand for it, if enough people that like the record enough like you do yeah. um, out there, uh then I would figure out a way to make it happen. Oh, that's awesome. you know, it's a supply and demand. If people really want to really want it, um, I'll try to figure out how to do it.
0: Well, that'd be good news. So the album has just come out just a couple of weeks ago at this point. What's next? If, if there aren't really any set plans for touring, are you working on more solo work? Are you working with an, another
1: band? Uh, well, Ultimate Fan Night takes up a lot of my time, so that's what I'm going to I have another album that I'm going to do, um, which has Ken Mary from House of Lords. He's an amazing drummer, and he's also an award-winning producer-engineer. And he's on uh, Plays Drums and Mixed, um, one of the songs on my album. Uh, actually, the other side is the song he did, and then okay. um, and then Jimmy Bell, who's the current guitar player, and has been playing guitar for the New House of Lords for many years. And the three of us and a, the singer—we're gonna—I heard the music, and I was asked by this label to play bass on it. It's one of these put together type of people bands, okay, yeah, uh, like like Black Swan um, with with Doug Aldrich and and uh, Rob McCauley, okay. friends of mine. It's that kind of thing, which, so I'm going to do that. And at the same time, I'm in a thing called the legends of classic rock, which is, um, great D'Angelo from white lion and Terry loose from great white. Um, singer, he was, yeah, he's a great singer. And, and, uh, Kevin Jones, who played with the uh, Ozzy, uh, and Randy Rhodes years. Right. And he does films and yeah. And we've had a few different guitar players. We're going to leave for, uh, on the first or 2nd of July for Barcelona, we're gonna be playing some European dates, And Jason Boylston, who played with Bad Company, is gonna be the guitar player for those. Oh, man. So it's one, it's one of those things where we play songs from, you know, from our catalog of songs we've done,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or things that we really like, that influences this classic rock oriented. And oh, we did five awesome. weeks already out on the road with that, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's something I'm doing, you know, as a, as a playing thing.
0: Well. Where can people find the album and how can they follow you uh, on social media to keep track of what you're well, up to?
1: It's easy to f- see the videos and find the album, go to ChuckWright.com. That's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm on all, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, on Chuck Wright official on Facebook. I'm, I'm on Facebook, I guess cause I'm an older generation guy, but <laughs> I'm more than more. I don't get TikTok at all. Yeah, me Um, I got to figure it out though, because it is, you, you need to know that. I mean, it's amazing the things you need to know to get the word out and to work around the algorithms yeah. and all of that. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's crazy. So yeah. I'm, I'm, it is, it's I was just at the NAMM show and I went to a seminar about it. And one of the things that they stress is with video content, yeah. the first three seconds are the most important thing. That's not, insane. not 15, but you have three seconds to grab people's attention because Nowadays everybody has attention attention span of a five year old.
0: That's ridiculous. So
1: you know, it 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 is crazy. And so there's a lot of things to consider. And doing these kind of podcasts and things is a really great way to help get the word out. Cleopatra Records, you can go there. You can go to Amazon has if you have Prime, you can get it delivered for free. It you can find Chuck Wright's Sheltering Sky on Amazon or just go to ChuckWright.com and they'll lead you to uh to things too
0: thank you so much for for all your time this evening i really appreciate it and i do actually love this album i'm i'm, I'm gonna keep listening to it
1: okay well nice nice to meet you, you too
0: we'll talk to you later
1: all right glad you liked the record